0: One of the problems for the new leader, maybe like when John Major became Tory the leader, is that she might be the backseat driver, just as Maggie Thatcher was after she resigned the premiership. I would guess that Sturgeon will not be an asset to whoever wins the leadership.
1: Hello, and welcome to Chopper's Politics. Now, if you're wide awake, you'll have noticed that I'm not Christopher Hope. I'm Gordon Rayner, Associate Editor at The Telegraph. Chris is having a well owned break so I'm taking the reins this week after we had a shock resignation. Yes, Nicola Sturgeon, First Minister of Scotland, announced her resignation yesterday, so I thought I'd sit down with my colleague Alan Cochrane, our Chief Commentator on Scottish politics, to hear his thoughts. So, Alan, it's been a a monumental week, really, for Scottish politics. Uh, In a nutshell, why did Nicola Sturgeon
0: quit? She quit because a combination of voter hostility and her own party's uh, angst about this ridiculous move of ours to force through an amazing uh, change in the way we live in the social world to allow the trans issue to take over what had been our our party's uh, main priority and also that of our supporters, i.e. independence. It went on the back burner, which drove her activists mad, and it also offended the... uh, Well, it it offended the sensitivities of Scottish public opinion. They didn't understand why 16-year-olds could be allowed to change their gender simply by saying so, and then that ballooned into an absolutely horrendous story of a double rapist who had decided after committing these offences that he'd rather be a woman. He was remanded in custody to an all-female prison. Mm. And then we had the absolutely nutty... No, worse than that. It wasn't nutty. It was disgraceful display of Nicola Sturgeon and her justice minister arguing about whether this person or this individual was a woman or a man. Mm. Her justice minister said that individual was a woman. Nicola said both things. She was a woman or wasn't a woman or she didn't know which it was. But whatever it was, it was a rapist. Now, there is no gender, uh, to my knowledge, called rapists. Yeah. She got herself into a complete mess, didn't but, she? And that yeah. was that was a, that was the final straw. But I mean, this, the writing's been on the wall for a while. Mm. Given that her party, it's a, it's been very much a one-party state, Scotland, and it's also been a one-person party yeah. in the shape of Nicola Sturgeon. She has corralled all the power to herself and her husband, who's the chief executive of the party, and her consigliere who are her chief of staff. These three people control the SNP, which is supposed to be and boasts about his democracy. There is no democracy in the SNP. If you care to call it a party of one person, one vote, Nicola Sturgeon is the one person with that one vote. Yeah.
1: Why, why now? I mean, you, you say that it's been... There have been people writing... Um, not writing her off, but there's been a lot of talk for for a, a few months now that this might have been coming, but it still came as a surprise, partly because of the the timing, because it, it was quite sudden. Why did she decide to go when she did? Why why now?
0: I think the I think the thing the, the issues snowballed, as well as the transition which we've just discussed. There is also the question of independence. Yeah. Now, in a, in about three weeks' time, in the middle of March. The SNP are having a special conference where they're going to try and get Nicola out of the hole in which she's dug herself Mm. over a new independence referendum. You will know, everyone knows, that the Supreme Court kicked her application straight into touch with a unanimous verdict saying she's not allowed to have an independence referendum without the permission of the Westminster government. So Nicola's uh, masterstroke, has been to use next year's general election as what she calls a de facto independence referendum. In other words, uh, if you vote SNP or if you vote for independence in that election, ergo, it means Scotland must be independence. Now, yeah. our own party can see through this. It's, it's complete nonsense. Mm. And this special conference, where Nicola was going to try and force that issue through, yeah. is now, well, I wonder if they'll even have the conference. There's yeah. not much point. And she alan, she
1: she said didn't she when in her resignation speech that she felt she couldn't go ahead with that emergency conference if she didn't feel that she was going to be there to see it through if she wasn't going to be the leader uh, who was going to to carry through whatever they decided whether that was the de facto referendum idea or something else what does this what does it mean for independence alan you know i think a lot of people who are um in favor of the union will be hoping that sturgeon leaving the field of
0: play makes independence less likely. Is that that right? I think it does because what what we'll now see is open warfare within the party. She is such a big figure Mm. that the rest of the SNP so-called leadership, the cabinet members, are largely unknown to the Scottish people. Uh, One or two are reasonably well known, but none could actually command a majority. Uh, Kate Forbes, the finance minister is widely tipped mm. as a successor, but I think, as you pointed out to me earlier, there's only seven percent of people in Scotland have even heard of her.
1: Yeah, let's let's just if we just look at those figures. So, so the a fascinating story that um, people can read on the Telegraph website that there was a, a, a survey carried out earlier this this month before we knew that Sturgeon was going to resign, where Scottish people were asked who should replace Nicola Sturgeon if she were to go. Sixty nine percent of respondents. Didn't have any idea at all. The person who got the most backing was, as you say, Kate Forbes. She got seven percent. So the, the most popular alternative to Sturgeon only only managed to poll seven percent in this poll. And then we had John Swinney six uh, percent, Angus Robertson five percent, Keith Brown two percent. Do we need to look beyond any of those, or is it is it going to be one of those four?
0: <laughs> I don't even think we should look at any of them. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I it has to I be someone. Well, of, of that, once you've just read out, John Swinney was the leader at one stage when the party was in opposition, but mm. he, got, he got the boot organised by, I'm about to say, by Nicholas Sturgeon. Yeah. When the, the SNP got 19,19% mm. in a European Parliament election Yeah, while they were in opposition, that was the end of John Swinney as leader. Mm. And I can't see him coming back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the deputy first minister, but actual deputy leader... Is uh, Keith Brown, the, uh, the the justice minister, who's in all sorts of hot water mm-hmm. over the trans issue, he's he's got a bit of a following, but um, I, I I can't see. Well, he was, the, I, he, I was would, the, he was he was the
1: person who said that Isla Bryson was a woman, wasn't? Correct, he? As you he's, the, he's, it.
0: he I, basically I would happily have any of those four as leaders of the SNP because with any of them in charge, uh, my, my unionist fears could would quickly disappear because yep. they're all they're all useless.
1: And Kate Forbes is on
0: maternity leave anyway. Um, Kate Forbes is a strange fish. She's very very talented. She's got a very good reputation. She's very clever. Mm-hmm. She's got more degrees than I've had hot dinners, which is which is going some. Mm. But I wonder if she's interested. She is a. She's young, a,
1: isn't she? She's thirty two, so yeah, she's, she's very young. Time.
0: What she is also is, and I choose my words carefully here. She is a Christian, mm. and she and she is a, and I mean. That as a compliment, not as something to criticise. For although a lot, some people in the party suspect, have suspicions over because of her fundamentalism. Mm. I think she'd be. I think she's a very good finance minister, given that the SNP waste most of the money that that they get from uh, the treasury in London Mm. on mad schemes like independence and basically just giving money away on freebies to keep the populace in Scotland happy. I wonder if she'd do it. She's certainly said to be. Completely opposed to the trans issue, yeah. and I would imagine that that issue will now erupt because you've got to remember most of the Scottish cabinet voted for that bill. Yeah, there were there was a, on the face of it a small rebellion of about nine, but that was just the tip of an iceberg. There was mm-hmm. that they voted against the bill, including at least one minister uh, who resigned a position. But I think those nine represented something like. Five or even ten times that number on the back benches who were horrified at the response they got at weekends when they went back to the constituencies. Yeah. And their, and their, their, their activists and supporters said, What on earth's going on? How mm. on earth can we support a situation where a rapist is considered to be a woman by anybody in any authority in yeah. the SNP?
1: And we're, and we're told that. Um, gender recognition reform bill, which of course was, was vetoed in Westminster, which uh, Nicola Sturgeon had said she would, she would challenge that, uh, that decision. Um, but we're told that the SNP probably now will just let that quietly drop, won't they? It's going to take them a while to elect a new leader. And in order for them to challenge the Westminster government's veto on the gender bill, it's, it, it probably won't happen before they are able to elect a new leader, which means that it will probably just fall away, which will probably suit
0: an awful lot of people. It would, it would, it would, certainly, that it would certainly suit most of the leadership candidates. That, yeah. what they that they, would want, they mm. want to say, yeah. that wasn't us, that was Nicola. Yeah. Blame her. And and where, where where is she going to go with this? Hmm. Uh, any lawyers that I've spoken to say this, the, the, the court of session in Edinburgh will chuck it out. And if she goes to the Supreme Court, well, I think she'll get another flea in her ear of the go yeah. there. Yeah,
1: okay. So good news for the union, we think. Obviously, Scottish politics um, goes way beyond Scotland because it's also Westminster politics. We know, obviously, that the SNP is now a, a huge party in Westminster. They could potentially hold the balance of power should there be a, a hung parliament next time around. What, is, what does this mean? What does Nicola Sturgeon's departure mean for Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak?
0: Okay, so what we've got is an election next year. Uh, general election, Yeah, I think uh, what it means is as Starmer says, there are no d- conditions under which he would do a deal with the SNP yeah. to form a, 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 a majority administration. They always <laughs> say that. Yeah, <laughs> I know they always say that and you're you're, you're a cynic on that, that issue as, as are most people in this office. Mm. I'm taking him at face value and I believe what he said. He said to my face that he's not going to do it mm. and I believe that he, he, doesn't, he won't do it and I don't think he'll need to do it. Mm-hmm. But what I do think is that Labour have a chance uh, in in West Central Scotland in seats where they're currently lying second to stage something of a comeback Yeah. Uh, to, uh, and win those seats off the nationalists. Now, so it's not quite a case yet of vote Labour to save the union, but it could become that way because the Labour can win, say, 20 seats, which is a hell of a lot mm. in West Central Scotland. But what they've got to do is... Forget about being tarred with the Tory brush, which is what the nationalists will do. The nationalists will say to Labour in West Scotland, Scotland, you're in cahoots with the Tories and we hate the Tories, so therefore we're going to hate you. Labour have got to try and put that to one side and concentrate on winning seats on the basis of the dreadful job the SNP has made of Scotland. Yeah. In all manner of education, health, this issue, the whole thing. Yeah. And, the, and on the other side of the coin, the Conservatives, who I've seen quotes already, not, uh, Tory, uh, they're saying, oh gosh, this will mean a big uh, leaf of faith in the west of Scotland for, for Labour. Don't worry about that. The Tories should concentrate on getting some of those seats back in the northeast of Scotland that they lost at the last election to the SNP. Oh. Get those seats back, six or seven. They lost lost that number last time round. Get them back. Yeah, That would make a difference. So... As a, as a rabid unionist, my view is that the unionist parties, the people in Scotland who believe in the United Kingdom, that is Labour, Tory and Lib Dems, don't knock each other's pans in. Don't attack each other consciously on bashing the nuts to get the seats back and on the basis of their appalling record in running Scotland.
1: Could you see them doing some kind of backroom deal come the election where they might sort of agree to... You know, so we get these situations, don't we, in in, in especially in by-elections sometimes, where there is a, a way of tactical voting, and parties agree not to put too much resource into trying to win a seat that their opponents are more likely to win. Could you could you see that happening?
0: Well, I could see it. I could see it happening. Uh, sort of um, in a backstairs deal. Scotland, Scotland, Scottish voters are well used to tactical voting. We've we've always done it. Mm-hmm. It's usually done to keep the Tories out. But I mean. In certain instances, it, it is used to keep the nationalists out. That's what needs to happen on an unofficial basis. I wouldn't mind if it was an official basis. But yeah. I can't see either of the main parties doing it officially. Yeah. There will be some, as you say, backstairs deals of uh, let's not make too much of an effort in X seat so that the we can get the Nats out. So I'm about to say, one of the things that strikes me about the 40-odd SNP MPs currently, yeah. they're a very lacklustre... Second-rate bunch of people. I'm not sure anybody in Scotland really knows them. Mm. And whereas Labour, I'm, I, I can see are, are, selecting some pretty good candidates for next year's election. Okay, one, one selection doesn't mean everything. But Douglas Alexander, for instance, former speechwriter, sorry, manifesto writer for Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, has been selected, thanks to a lot of support from Gordon Brown. In other words, Gordon Brown has ordered this constituency to have Douglas Alexander, yep. and he's Lillian. That's a good step. Yep. There are other candidates being selected for Labour, which I, which I think, are not quite household names, but people who will become household names. we after- I'd bet money on that. They are they are good candidates and they're up against non-entities in, in the SNP.
1: And is that because the SNP uh, saves its strongest candidates for Hollywood because they're in power in Hollywood, whereas they're a minority party in
0: Westminster? Well, or? no, there's, a, just a, there's just another touch of Nicola's arrogance. Hmm. They basically would pick anybody who'd stand because they knew they could win the seats. There was such an, an hmm. animosity towards Labour and Tories in the last election that it's it's not unreasonable to say that chimpanzees could be elected as SNP. I'm not saying that the current brand of SNP MPs are of that ilk, mm. but it was easy for them to win seats. Such was the, if you like, the the fed-upness, the apathy, apathetic attitude towards the other parties. One thing this uh, trans issue has done is fired up public emotions in, in Scotland. I see one of my colleagues is writing in the Telegraph today that... Um, what's-her-name, J.K. Rowling forced Nicola to to, to resign. I'm not sure if that's the case, but she certainly highlighted the appalling nature of the bill that Nicola was pushing through on uh, on transgender recognition. Yeah. So what now for Nicola Sturgeon? Where do we think she goes now? Everyone's aware of the stories of Nicola... Well, not everyone. There's always been rumours that Nicola's looking for a job elsewhere in international statesmanship, i.e., United Nations, perhaps. Yeah. European Union. She's an avid supporter of the EU. Yeah. I don't think there's much for her in, uh, in NATO. Uh, but I would imagine she will be looking in the medium term for uh, some role internationally. She's She says she's going to stick it out as a backbencher until the next Hollywood election, which is 2026 after next. Yeah. Do you believe her? Uh, not really, no. I think she'll do it until someone that comes up with a better offer. I mean... One of the problems for the new leader, I would imagine, maybe like when John Major became a Tory leader, is that uh, she might be a backseat driver just as Maggie Thatcher was uh, after she resigned the premiership. I would guess that she will not be, Nicola Sturgeon, will not be an asset to whoever wins the leadership. I think the party has said, good, she's gone. Now we can start with a fresh slate. But I'm about to say... She, she was, on her day, in her pomp, a class act. She was good on her feet, a good debating style, vicious with um, put-downers. But, like like Maggie Thatcher, in a way, became more and more isolated the longer she was in power, isolated from the party, from the electorate, and surrounded herself, well, with her husband, who's also the SNP chief executive, and a couple of key advisers. The rest of the party, the support, so-called... National executive, who, who, the power brokers—forget it—they didn't get, didn't have any power. Other people in the party might start reasserting the democratic instincts of the SNP, which were quite profound in their heyday. But uh, that they're going to have to get back to that because Nicola's done away with it all. She controlled the party, root and branch.
1: So, thank you to Alan Cochrane for his thoughts today. Let me know what your thoughts are on Sturgeon's resignation and what it means for the Union and Scotland's future. You can get in touch with us via email on chopperspolitics at telegraph.co.uk or on Twitter, we are at chopperspodcast. Thank you to producers Louisa Wells and Giles Gear, and thank you for listening. Chris will be back as usual next week. And remember to always buy a copy of The Daily Telegraph if you can. You won't regret it. Until next time, as Chris would say, cheerio!